SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. This team is vilified and baseball could be shut down. They got shut down, but all of a sudden they're playing good baseball. Wouldn't that be the craziest 2020 story ever, right? If we could actually get the Marlins in the playoffs. You call these bagels? It's bagels and bad beats. Yes, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Monday, August 10th morning. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls, as we always do, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, oppositepicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls right here. Bagels and bad beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, as we do return from a vacation that came from hell for sure. Uh, power outage. Uh, right isn't going down without a fight to the left. Mr. Vegas can beat the boys in Vegas. Uh, Alex Rodriguez has nothing on Mr. Vegas. Class less in session. A's Astros with Dilexia. Last we left you. Are these the NHL or NBA playoffs? Uh, eight is not enough. What's up, Doc? Dropping the ball and uh, not yet, says Colombo uh, and Mike Tyson. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here again on a Monday, Bagels and Bad Beats, 5 to 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do. Yep, back from vacation. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, generally the first day or so after a vacation, a little tough to get back into the grind. You're not used to things, and it's just a little weird. You know, the first day or so, nothing crazy. But, uh, you know, not really the case for me, because thank goodness, because this was a vacation of just hell. Uh, it was not a vacation, just a disaster, just disaster from every aspect of life, whether it's, uh, you know, working for three days, trying to get the house that we're trying to sell, my dad's house is sold, whether it's uh, picking up poison ivy. I don't know if you could tell. I'll show it on, on, on the YouTube feed that we have, but it's all over my hands, a little bit on my face, my legs, my arms. I, it's just, uh, and then just, you know, my wife was on vacation as well, so that was a little So, uh, a lot to talk about over the next two hours. Phone calls as well. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday with God bless you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Top tracer, powered by Top Golf. Well, it looks like a wow. Four, not ready. Yeah, it's oh, it's sure. brilliant, Nick. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. That 
is what we've been waiting for. 23 years of age. Perhaps just hit the shot of his life. Yes, he did. Well, welcome back, Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday morning, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. PGA Championship goes to one Colin Morikawa. We'll get to that in a second. A lot to get to, obviously, over the next two hours with this being my first show uh, since being back on vacation, which I missed all of last week, which really the vacation was cut a little bit, uh, well, it was extended a little bit longer because we didn't have power here on Long Island. We went out uh, with power, what was a Monday night, and we didn't get it back until Friday night. It was just disaster. Just, and you think power in the wintertime is probably worse, and I suppose it, it is, you know, having no heat if you have electric heat, obviously. Uh, but in the summertime, it's no picnic either. With, with the refrigerator, you know, with it being hot as heck, uh, then you're, you got to worry about your refrigerator, and we got a freezer full of food, and, and you don't know how long that's going to be. It's all going bad. You know, all the ice around the little stores are all being gobbled up. I mean, it, it's just it's just disaster. Then I throw into the poison ivy. I got on my arms, my legs. Uh, you know, you know, if you're listening on the radio, as most of you probably are, though we do have a YouTube feed. You know, I'm itching throughout the show because uh, I it's still I had it since last weekend, and while it is a little better, it is not exactly gone. That's for sure. And Alex Rodriguez. Has nothing on me because I tried those dopey lotions. And listen, I, I've been allergic to poison ivy, if you will, or at least susceptible to getting it. I don't know if I'm officially allergic to it, but all I do is got to stand near it. And if the wind blows a little bit, I'm getting the, the, the stuff, that the juice or whatever it is that uh, needs to go on. Uh, NBC Sports, by the way, with the uh, the call there on the uh, Morikawa uh, shot. All I need to be is just standing by it. And, and if I touch it, forget about it. I, I touched it trying to clean up around my dad's house. And it's one of those things where people ask you, well, didn't you know it was there? I was like, yeah, you know, it's there, but it's your cleanup. You're not, like, stopping. You know, I got a power washer out there, and there's a whole bunch of vines and stuff. And, eh, you know, I, I just did it. So uh, I, I'm paying the price for it. Now, when I was a kid, you, you can't see here, uh, as I show on the camera, but my finger, my fingers would be like frog legs. I mean, they would be spread out. The pusses, the bubbles would be so big. I wouldn't be able to have my fingers touch. You know, they, they literally would be spread about a half an inch apart. That's how big the bubbles were of the poison ivy. I mean, I didn't get it that bad this time around. And it's been a while since I've had it like that. But this is the second time in a couple of years. And, and I get it bad. It's it's all over. And it's, so it's just, just a disaster. It's just an absolute disaster. So couple that, you know, with the fact that, uh, you know, we have no electricity. And then you throw in there, you know, listen. I don't smoke. You know, I have a cigar every now and again. I do like that, but no, nothing nothing crazy. And, and never really smoked outside of uh, going down to the lake and then pretending we were cool when we were 15 and smoking a couple of cigarettes. You know, other than that, I never got it to smoke and don't understand it, but whatever. But people tell me that that's the toughest thing to break, you know, don't smoke. And I can tell you, brother, you know what? If you could stop not scratching poison ivy, you could do anything. If you have that kind of willpower, I can't imagine how difficult it is to get off nicotine. I'm sure it's difficult, right? But I am telling you, it cannot be more difficult than having a body full of uh, poison ivy and just wanting to scratch the hell out of it and not have to do that and then try not to do that. that if you could accomplish that, let me tell you, cigarettes mean nothing. Although I must say, I looked it up. 
you know, uh, when I did get power finally back Friday night, Saturday morning. And and even though I've had Poison Ivy for years, th- there really is no downside to scratching Poison Ivy because everything I've read is that once you have the Poison Ivy, you have it. You, you It doesn't spread like even the pus bubbles. If you break those and the pus that's on the inside, oh, it's disgusting. Shia. Even that, that, that's not contagious. You know, um, you know, I tried to explain it to my wife when I wanted a little something, something. It's just, well, listen, you, you can rub all over me and you're not getting it. The, the, the bubbles and the pus and all the other rashes that you have, that's not contagious. It's the actual, you know, I, I forget what it's exactly called, the stuff that's on the leaf. Now, that stuff can go on your clothes. And if you don't throw those clothes out or wash those clothes, that could stay on the clothes for literally up to two, three years, I was reading. Like, if, if I'm walking in the poison ivy and you know i'm not getting any poison ivy on my feet but i take those sneakers home and i touch it later on well i'm gonna get the poison ivy that 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 juice stays on there for years so that's how it spreads not by believe it or not the stuff all over your arm so the only danger of scratching because i, I bring this up one because people say even the doctor when i went to the doctor oh don't scratch don't scratch don't scratch I was like, oh, you know let me look this thing up and unless there's you know there are germs underneath your fingernails and the fear is and it's not that big a fear but you scratch and it opens up a, a cut, and like anything else, a germ gets into your cut, and then uh, as I scratch it now, uh, and then uh, you know you get infected. All right, so big deal. What happens if you get infected? Well, the, the you know the skin and everything will will rot away. Well, I kind of want it to rot away. I want the poison ivy to go to go away. So even if it gets infected, it's not even a bad thing. But there's no the notion of you scratching is going to spread it. No. Not not the case. Not not even close. So once I found that out, then all this energy I was using for four days not to scratch, and I've, I've used for years not to scratch, I then fudge it. I said, what the heck? You know what? Scratch away. I mean, there is nothing better than scratching poison ivy. I, I and I and people laugh at this, and I've said this before. You know, sex with a wife that you've been married for twenty years plus. You know, God bless her. Got three kids, no issues, right? Or scratching poison ivy. I sat in bed one night this past week, and I said, you know, I could try and put the moves on a little lady, or I could scratch away. And I said, let's scratch away. And I just started scratching. Oh, that was heaven. That was heaven. You know, in Poison Ivy, it doesn't just show up overnight. It takes a little while. It's got a little stages. Uh, you could touch it on a Sunday and not get the real rash until Friday, literally. I'm, I'm still getting new bleaches, and it's been a week since I've had this stuff. So. On uh, the first few days, and I get it in between my fingers the worst, I tell you that, right? There's no bubble. There's there's no rash. There's no anything. You could kind of feel something's not right there. You you know it. You sense it. I was waking up in literally in the middle of the night. You know, you wake up with cramps and stuff. Now I got to add one more to my list. I wake up with cramps in the middle of the night, which sucks. I wake up with acid reflux in the middle of the night, which really sucks. And I've had the debate, which is worse. And you would think a cramp would be, but oh, don't kid yourself. That acid reflux can be nasty. Uh, and now I got to wake up with rashes in the middle, like, like a rash rage, my fingers, they were so, you know, sensitive or whatever, itchy, you know, I'm, I'm just rubbing my hands and scratching my fingers and all, to the point it was like burning, but it was, ugh. so yeah, anyway, that was my vacation and that, that was it. So, and now my family, we're not, we're not talking anymore. I knew it was only a matter of time. I've told you the story. My dad passed away a couple of months ago. You know, things, he left us some money in, in the house and mostly in particular. So, but everything was going okay. I got uh, one brother, an older brother, uh, who's a jerk and, and uh, two younger sisters and, you know, things were going fine. 
until, you know, basically the bottom dropped out of it all this past week. And it had been leaning more and more and more. But when you get four people, you know, two alpha megas, if you will, and me, alpha dogs, whatever you want to call them, me and my brother, both are hell-bent, especially him, believe it or not. Uh, you knew it was just a matter of time. So now no one's talking. Now we all hate each other, and now that we have no family, it's just gone. It's just com- completely gone. So throw that onto this weekend. It really was just a, a disaster. All right, to the big story: Commissioner of Power Football Conferences. Listen, I've been saying this for months. Uh, not that I'm exclusive on this, so I'm not taking any kind of credit. But it, it's not happening. It, it just isn't. And the commissioners met last night. They're going to meet again this morning. And it looks like that we're not going to have college football now. Nothing written in stone. But and we are getting a little bit of a kickback from some of the players, including Trevor Lawrence uh, and a bunch of uh, other um, power five players sent out a little proposal, which may making some demands, which is not probably right now the smartest thing in the world to do. So you almost have three factions. You have factions of people that don't want to play. You have faction of players that do want to play. And then you have faction of players that want to play, but only under these conditions. So add it all together. They're meeting. Doesn't sound like the Big Ten wants to play, but they want to make sure the ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC agree. So they're a long ways from canceling the season in some aspects and other aspects. No, they're actually really not. And the fear of being basically uh, sued by these parents is what's driving all this stuff. We'll delve into that, the golf, the brawl, yesterday, and baseball coming up. Big with Bad Beats on Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. On a Monday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, back after a week vacation. Taking your phone calls. We'll hit those in a couple of minutes. 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879. So starting again with the college football Power 5 conferences. Uh, the execs met last night. They're supposed to meet again this morning. Uh, Big Ten apparently wants out at this point, according to the four-letter network. If they uh, polled the Big Ten presidents, chancellors, bosses, if you will, they would uh, have a, ma- a vast majority that would vote for no college football this fall, maybe in this spring, but no other fall sports as well. So they're meeting with the big wigs of the other Power Five conferences to see if they'll agree and you know agree because you can't have no matter what the MAC does or some of these other smaller conferences. If you're the Big Ten, you can't have a spring football season playing for basically nothing what the Big Ten championship. I mean, theoretically, I suppose they could, but, you know, you really don't want to do that with uh, leaving the big four left to win the real national championship. So they want to make sure everyone's on board, and it sounds like they want to make sure, because there was a little bit of rip, like it really matters, but, you know, one school, one conference doesn't want to trump the other, so they want to have a joint, you know, Power Five conference uh, meeting a press conference to announce, okay, we're going to postpone college football for the time being. Uh, so, again, no vote yet, but there are supposed to meet again today. Uh, then you have some players, including Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, uh, sending out a three-post Twitter, which, you know, it makes sense in some aspect, proposing four season. 
Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase and read you just a portion of it. Uh, people are just as much, if not more, at risk, he says. If we don't play, players will be all sent home to their own communities where social distancing is highly unlikely and medical care and expenses will be placed on the families if they were to contact the COVID-19, not to mention the players coming from situations that are not good for them, their future, and having to go back to that, i.e. the inner cities and everything else. Uh, football is a safe haven for so many people. And, you know, so on the surface, you know what? You're right, Trevor. You know, the, the colleges and the so-called bubble that they would be living in at college versus you know, going back home, no matter where they live, they, they could be in the middle of, uh, but you know what, Iowa, or they could be in in one of the inner cities. Uh, it's probably not as good as uh, them being able to live in this bubble with the colleges taking care of them. Presumably, they would be able to take care of them. And then last night, late last night, as a matter of fact, after I went to bed, a dozen or so college football players, a group from all five major conferences. Uh, sent out a joint statement that expressed their interest in playing. However, they also put a list of demands together. Nothing crazy, but, you know, this is not the best time college football players to be making demands, even though the demands are, you know, pretty simplistic. Just, you know, basically making sure that they're healthy and that the college football powers will put, you know, things in place to make sure that they remain healthy. And whether it's protocol, whether it's testing, um, giving the players the opportunity to opt out, not losing scholarships. So no, nothing, you know, uh, above board, nothing too, you know, idiotic. However, at this point in time, you know, you're, you're not in a position to be making um, demands. You, you, first of all, you're a college football player. Um, they want to have a play football this season, they said. They want to mandate health and safety procedures and protocols to protect them, okay? Uh, give players the opportunity to opt out and respect their decision. Good luck on that. You know, ask Colorado State about that. Uh, guaranteeing uh, their eligibility, whether a player chooses to play or not. That's, you know, that's a little dicey, but okay. You know, you basically don't lose your scholarship. If some of these athletes, the pro athletes, are actually going to get paid if they opt out, then why wouldn't the college athlete be able to keep a year of eligibility? So I, I can agree with that. And then uh, them have an open voice and some, uh, you know, trust between the players and officials and uh, on other, you know, other rules that they may implement. So, you know, it's, again, nothing crazy, all things that they should be given anyway. But when you just put it in a demand, you know, you, you're not a union. Boy, that's the biggest fear. We thought the biggest fear in college football was athletes getting paid. No, it's athletes joining a union. I don't know how they could do it. I don't think there are any rules. You know, as long as there aren't any dues being paid, as long as there are no lawyers, uh, you know, you can hire a lawyer, but you can't hire any kind of representative. As long as there's no line crossed on that, I don't think there are any rules about college athletes forming a union. And if they ever did that, then forget about it. You know, college football would be dead. You know, if they start demanding pay, we're not playing. I don't know how they could, uh, you know, collect all those high school kids, but it, it's just, you know, it's not good. It is not good to be making demands at this point. So that's where they stand. Here's the bottom line to it all, though, uh, Trevor Lawrence and company. All those things you said are true, but also you failed to put in there is that colleges can get sued. I don't think they would ever win a court case. I really don't. I, I mean, I think, you know, you, you're making it up. No one's holding a gun to your head. You want to come play college football and take uh, the necessary steps to live in a safe environment, but no, there is risk, just like there are risks the, the moment you leave your house whether you have a mask on or not a mask or gloves on or hats on or whatever, you're taking a risk the moment you walk out that door. So I really don't think that a college 
would lose a court case unless they were so over the top egregious and not making any kind of precautionary measures for the kids. You know, that that's the risk of breathing. And it's the risk of going outside. But there's that fear. And there, there's the fear. That's what's driving this for college football. You think college football players uh, or uh, executives, you think these chancellors want to give up millions and millions and millions of dollars if they don't have to? No. You know, they would be not looking for ways to get out. They'd be looking for ways to make this possible. They're not holding uh, these meetings to figure out what we can do. They're holding these meetings to figure out whether, you know, this is going to be disastrous or not. So, or can we come up with a, uh, a contract that a player can actually sign that would hold up in court saying you're agreeing that knowing that there are going to be some, you know, uh, COVID cases as they've seen in baseball and as they've seen in all the other sports, there are going to be some. Uh, you even got the Cardinals that had another player, as, as you heard Chris Welsh, maybe top of the hour say, they have up to 10 players, seven other execs uh, that are coming down with the virus. It's going to happen. It, it just, you know, you just know it's going to happen. So that's the bottom line. Can you sue or can you not sue? And I've long said, and then some parents of Ohio State football players released a letter saying, in essence, uh, they want to have football. They know the risks. They understand the risks. They think it's minimal. Uh, and they believe in the colleges to keep them you know, safer than maybe what they would be at home. So you have the faction on the right that is not trying to give in automatically to the faction on the left. And that's a good sign because I want to see college football. It's not me. Um, I wouldn't rip them uh, per se if they decided not to. But, you know, it's good to know that it's not just, OK, the naysayers don't, 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 don't play. There are some college kids and there are some parents that are actually proponents of actually trying to get this thing underway. Personally, again, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think we're going to have the NFL. I don't think we're going to have college football. I, I, I just think the fear of one of these kids coming down with it and coming down really hard and sick and, and pass away or something along those lines. I, I just think, I don't think they want to take that risk. I, I think it's basically, you know what, we're pissing away millions of dollars. We're pissing away all these other sports that won't be able to uh, pay, partake on things. Maybe they can hold a spring season. I, that would be very, very difficult. I, there's not, I don't think there would be a senior out there that would, you know, with, with NFL, you know, hopes anyway, why would they risk it? Why, why risk in uh, March, April, May, knowing that the NFL draft generally is in that time anyway? You, you know, the Trevor Lawrences of the world, they, they may want to play. But they're going to be hiring lawyers and agents, and they're going to be saying, what are you, nuts? For, to what? You, you want a national championship? You, you know, the, the money is out there. I, I, just, I don't think it would work. Uh, on a smaller scale, perhaps, but now you're competing against college basketball. Would college basketball folks want that? I, I just uh, I don't see it. I, I really don't. Uh, it just, it's going to be a lost year. And I, quite frankly, I don't know if we're going to be any better next February or March anyway. I'd like to think we would be, but I, I kind of doubt it at this point. PGA, you know, nice little win yesterday by, uh, from Colin Morikawa, American, gets his first major. He's 23 years old, uh, finishes up two shots better than DJ at 13 under par. Uh, five others finished three shots back at 10 under. Here's the bottom line to it all. <clears throat> These West Coast tournaments don't cut it for me. Sorry, I'm going to be provincial here. They're nice on Saturdays when you're older, like myself. You know what? You have your full day of what you want to do. And you can kind of sit down, you turn on the computer, you turn on the TV set, it's 9 o'clock at night, and oh, by the way, you're seeing some golf. Generally speaking, that's, you know, on tape delay or replay, where in this case, it's actually live. The final round ended after 10 o'clock Saturday night. So 
you know, that that's kind of cool, you know, because that's generally when I hop on a computer, turn the TV set on around 9, 930 or so, and I, I'll get to see some golf. But Sunday, it sucks. I want to see golf at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I want to see them wrap up around 4, 30, 5, 30, maybe 6, 30, if it's a major, more commercials, um, and, and be done with it. Uh, they didn't start until 4.30. I mean, this thing went until late last, again, 9.30, 10 last night almost, 10 o'clock. That, that's, it is what it is. There's nothing you could do about it, I suppose. They had a lot of players. Very few m- m- missed the cut because of the, the rules that they had. So you had a lot of extra golfers on Sunday. They had to start a little bit later, I'm sure, than what they wanted. Had to start at 4.30. But they could have backed up and started like 5 o'clock in the morning if they really just wanted to get this thing done. It's it's uh, I didn't like it. I, I You know, overall, I don't like these West Coast tournaments. So, But Morikawa wins, uh, closes with, with a nice score, 13 under par. Um, uh, it's a fourth blown lead. Now, I don't really consider a two-shot lead heading into the final 18 as a blown lead. Uh, DJ finished a, a couple of shots back after having a two shot lead, his fourth blown lead, uh, heading into the final round, um, which is a lot, but again, a two shot lead over 18 holes when he had a half a dozen or more players that were all within striking distance. I really don't consider that a, a bad, you know, if it's like Kepka who shot a plus four, the second worst score yesterday, that would have been a blown lead, but the DJ didn't, you know, play poorly. Shot a 68, which for a final round is actually pretty darn good, but it wasn't good enough yesterday. So great leaderboard, uh, some storylines that we'll get into, NBA, NHL as well. Phone calls all coming up, 844-843-6879. Big with that piece SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. Talk a little bit about the vacation that uh, came from hell. A little PGA with the uh, Colin uh, Morikawa win yesterday. We've got the NBA stuff to get to as boy, oh boy. I I tell you what, you know, without knowing it, you would have thought the NHL was the NBA. I don't know what's going on. It shows you how crazy 2020 really is because, uh, if I would have told you the NBA teams that were making the postseason, probably, and then the NHL teams that were making the postseason, definitely, you would have thought it would have been the other way around. We got the A's Astros ball uh, brawl yesterday with dyslexia, which I don't quite understand how the A's had five players get hit and the Astros in that series had none. Um, but uh, that's somehow what it was. You would have thought it would have been the other way around since it was the Astros that were cheating and you would have figured those would have been the guys that would have got plunked. And how about the uh, New Orleans Pelicans? You know, if I'm Alvin Gentry, I would not be uh, counting my chickens here. I would not be investing too much in New Orleans property because uh, not getting that team into the postseason, getting eliminated as they did. Boy, you know, there is an example I'm going to give you on how you can beat the boys in Vegas, thanks to yours truly. 
And I'll give you some examples of how you can't beat the boys in Vegas because that is one of them for sure. So we'll go over our Vegas reports, uh, some of the winners that I left you with when we last uh, spoke on Friday of two weeks ago, and then uh, some of the losers as well. So 844-843-6879. With that, let's grab some phones. We'll start with our good buddy, John in Manhattan, who is back. John, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Monday, August 10th. Hey, Scott, how are you? You know, your producer said, John, what do you want to talk about? And I took a second and said, you know, I guess I just want to welcome Scott back from hell. <laughs> well, I am back. Uh, I am back. And I got the scar. I you can't see on, the, on YouTube, but I had poison ivy on my on forehead and chin, my ear. You you name it, I, I have it. So, yeah, it was not exactly a great vacation. But I, I know a lot of people, John, are going to say this, but 2020 has just been a horrible year. I mean, just, and it's not over yet, unfortunately. Just. Anything that could have happened this year has happened, which is why I think we're going to have, a, at least on the East Coast anyway, uh, we're going to have an awful winter. Uh, I, I guarantee you it is going to be one of the worst winters we've had in a long, long time. Yeah, it's interesting with the election. If you're having a bad year and your guy wins, you can hang your hat and say, well, at least my guy won the election. But, of course, if your guy loses, you're going to be like, and just when I didn't think the year could get any worse, my it's guy true. lost the election. But uh Scott, where did you pick up the poison ivy in Jersey or Long Island? Jersey, Jersey. My dad uh, lives up okay. in Northwest Jersey, um, little rural area, and I knew it was there, John. But you know, when you're trying to clean up the backyard, and, and I started power washing a fence that he has, and uh, there were some vines on the fence, and I just, I, you know, you just people say, "Well, did you just know it was there?" I was like, "Kind of, yeah." I mean, I kind of did, but I just grabbed it and, and just, you know, you're in a motion of just cleaning up and. and even though you know it's not the right smart thing to do, especially me, because I do get it so easily, you just—it's hard to just stop. You just figure, okay, maybe I won't get it. You know, maybe I'll wash my hands and whatever, and jump in the pool and, and put some bleach on it and all those things that are supposed to work. But yeah, in Jersey, I'm sorry to hear that, Scott. You're going to have to uh, pivot from saying you can't beat the boys in Vegas to saying you can't beat the poison ivy in Jersey. Sorry that to hear is about true. that, Scott. I'll let you go. We'll, welcome back. All right, John. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And you know, you know what? I got a better chance of beating the boys in Vegas, uh, to tell you the truth, than beating the the uh, vines of New Jersey poison ivy. And I, I will tell you, you know, <clears throat> you got to listen to me. Um, I was going to say verbatim, but yeah, you do. You actually you have to listen to me verbatim. It's not that we don't necessarily just give out winners every every game. We give out philosophies. And I did tell you last week, <clears throat> two weeks ago, you know, uh, when I when we last spoke. We spoke before the NHL and NBA seasons were to resume. And what did I tell you? I said, don't, don't try and pick games. And I still believe in this. Don't, don't, you know, especially now with the coronavirus and this, this crazy baseball season, don't go into these series thinking, okay, I'm going to play the, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks today because Madison Bumgarner is pitching, or I'm going to play the, uh, you know, the, the Boston Red Sox because Nathan Avaldi or the Mets with Jacob DeGrom. Don't do not do that. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible to pick winners that way. I'm telling you, play series, play themes, no matter how big the themes are. And my two big themes, I told you time and time again, two weeks ago, when the NBA resumes, I thought the games were going to go over. And I said, when the NHL resumes, I thought the games were going to go under. NBA was going to go over because these guys aren't going down to Florida. First of all, they don't want to be there, uh, but they're not going down to Florida to play defense. They are not. They didn't play defense 
during the regular, regular season. They are not, not going out of their way to play defense in these games that are basically meaningless. You know, you had one team, Washington, that had a prayer's chance of making the 8-9 series. Otherwise, 1-7 through seven in the East was set. Seedings, yes, but with no home court advantage, no one but no one is afraid to face Miami. They're not thinking, oh, I'd rather face Indiana versus Boston or Miami or even Toronto. They really, maybe they would you know, want to avoid the the the, uh, um, the Raptor or excuse me, the uh, the Bucks and, and not fall into the number eight spot. But other than that, and they weren't going to fall that far. So these they were all exhibition games. That's all they were. And we've seen these head coaches a zillion times show you that these are exhibition games by sitting their best players or playing their best players for three quarters and then deciding to sit them for the fourth quarter. So they are not point being playing any defense as it turned out in the game so far, 36 overs, 26 unders with one push in 63 games, 10 games over 500. If you just played that philosophy, and forget about two team and three team and four team parlays. Just plunk a hundred bucks or fifty bucks, or if you're a twenty five dollar player, whatever you are, on every single over, you'd be ten games over five hundred. And there's not a gambler alive that would not take ten games over five hundred. Uh, guys charge a fortune, a fortune in a fifty fifty bet, not laying two to one, three to one with baseball and hockey odds. You guys would have to pay a fortune to get a scan the capper to go 36 and 26. And I gave it to you for free. NHL, same thing, except in reverse, as far as I said, play unders. Why? Basketball players are playing in shorts and t-shirts. No big deal. Hockey players, though, that's about 20 to 30 pounds of equipment that they have on them. That's a lot of weight. You don't realize how heavy that stuff is. That is goaltenders, especially, between the pads and the skates and the helmets and blah, 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 blah. They're putting on a lot of weight to think that they were able to sit for two months and get back into shape in three weeks and get the offense and, and kilter again. Nah, I didn't think so. I, I said, no, I, I think the guys are going to be sluggish. I think a lot of these guys don't want to be there. I think they realize that, you know, that this season is, is lost. Uh, I thought younger teams would have a better advantage than the veteran teams. Uh, that I don't know if that necessarily played out or not, although Pittsburgh did get bounced out. Uh, as a veteran team, but overall, I told you the theme was that these games are going to be low-scoring games. So what was the tally? 27 unders, 17 overs. 44 games, oddly enough, no pushes, uh, because most, nearly all, in fact, were five-and-a-half totals. Uh, I, I, didn't, I saw one or two sixes, and I saw one or two fives, but for the most part, they kept it at five-and-a-half. And for the most part, as I said, 27 and 17, these games were, were low-scoring games, just low-scoring games. And, and so you don't have to be a genius with this stuff. You just use your philosophy. And again, 10 games over NHL, 10 games under NBA. If you listen to yours truly, Mr. Vegas, you would have been 20 games over, 20 games over on 50-50 bets, not laying odds, over the last two-plus weeks. Very simple. Now, I don't know if that's going to continue in the NHL because guys, you know, should theoretically be getting into a little bit better shape, but I wouldn't be changing that philosophy because now you're talking to postseason and postseason is generally lower scoring games anyway. So as long as we see five and a halfs or sixes, and I don't think we'll see another six, 
but maybe in one of the Blackhawk games against Vegas. But otherwise, um, if you see five and a half, just keep playing the unders. Don't fight it. Don't play it. And NBA is a little different because, boy, the one thing about the NHL, they don't adjust their lines. You know, a little bit on these over-unders, but generally speaking, it's five and a half. Uh, NBA, you know, we've seen two. It's amazing because I tell you, when I did my numbers, I really anticipated the NBA to be about 50-50. And I was going to come on the air and say, you know, that's the difference between the NHL and the NBA. The NBA adjusts their lines with the boys in Vegas. NHL really doesn't. Uh, because you don't have that many hockey betters, so you still get value in the NHL. But as it turns out, uh, the NBA was was uh, you know same thing, thirty six and twenty six. Even though the lines did adjust, you know most of the over unders were in the two twenties, two thirties even, uh, and it started out in the two nineteens, and the game still went over. Nobody is playing defense now. That I do anticipate changing. I know the hockey, not necessarily the case. NBA though, I'd like to think that the postseason defense would kick in a little bit more. You're, you're, you're seeing a lot of guys, and I will tell you, when, when the postseason comes, go the other way around. I hope we keep getting more and more and more and more overs because we're getting guys that aren't generally playing, playing. And as I've long told you, the difference between an NBA regular season a game and starter and the regular season postseason, uh, or excuse me, regular season bench guy is not offense. It's not. It's their ability or lack thereof to play defense. So whenever you see even a star star sit out, don't worry about it. Play the overs because that guy is capable of scoring 15, 20 points a game, just like the starter, but he's not capable of preventing his, his, his uh, the guy he's guarding to scoring 15 and 20. That's what separates a starter and a bench warmer. So... You won't get those guys playing as much in the postseason. I also told you to bet against the Red Sox. They're six and nine. And I also told you to bet against the Washington Nationals. They're four and seven. So they're at combined 10 16. Keep betting against those two teams. And we're going to throw Pittsburgh into that equation as well because they are just absolutely atrocious. 844 843 6879. Close that hour to number one next. Oh, we got two more minutes. My bad. My bad. <laughs> uh, first day back, and I'm screwing up on the clock. So, um, yes, Red Sox bet against six and nine. Nationals bet against four and seven, and uh, Pittsburgh as well. Now, just just our bad luck. You know, as soon as we're ready to hop on the anti-pirate band, and we've really been on it from the get-go. I told you their preseason they were three and eighteen, three and eighteen. They got what th- three or four wins so far this season uh, in the regular season. So they're they're in that seven and 20 range over their last 27 games. I mean, they are just absolutely brutal. So keep playing against those teams, and you're going to do yourself uh, good wonders. You know, when we last left you, I was waiting for the Astros and uh, uh, A's to have their, or at least the Astros anyway, have their their moment in the sun. Right? I, I told you they got thrown out a couple of times, and I said sooner or later, they're going to have to you know, pay the pipers. Something's going to have to happen, and there's going to be a bench-clearing incident. Not necessarily brawl, I said, but it's got, it's got to happen eventually. Well, it was backwards yesterday. The A's, or this, this past weekend. Now, don't forget, Mike Fires, the Astro pitcher at the time who outed everyone, is on Oakland. So you, and Oakland plays in a division, so you can understand for that aspect. But it was the Oakland players that got hit five times this weekend, and the Astros not once. And Ramon Lurano yesterday for Oakland hit for the third time in the series. Finally had enough. He created a bench-clearing incident. No punches necessarily thrown, but you could see 
the agitation clearly is there. And in a lot of ways, you know what? I think baseball, I wouldn't normally say this, but I think baseball's happy. I, I really do. I think we, we know it's one time we're not necessarily talking about the coronavirus. You're talking about something on the field, something bad on the field, and it's bringing up an old topic, but at least it's not the coronavirus. We're breaking down more coming up next. Big with that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. One of the all-time classics. Little meatloaf action there. Bagels and bad beats on a Monday morning, 844-843-6879. With yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this August 10th, back from vacation. Back to the phones we go. Jason in Louisiana. Let's talk a little baseball. What's up, Jason? How are you today this morning? Howdy, Wetzel. How have you been? I have been looking for you on the radio for a long time. Yeah, okay, Jason. I know, yeah, from uh, the Three Letter Network days. Yeah, how you been, bro? I've been here doing a podcast, been here for about, the I don't know, two months now. We're starting our second uh, month or maybe our third month, uh, something like that. A little, a little while, not, not very long, but uh, good to hear from you, Jace. So let, me get this, so let me get this straight. The Astros, and I'm sorry to tell you or inform you, but you already knew. My, uh, my wife's an Astros fan, and I ain't yep, proud of I remember. it, but I mean, who, who can I who can I tell who they can root for? You know, hey, happy wife, happy life. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, what I've called to tell you is Astros finally being somebody, and they act like it's the crime of the century. So I want to yeah. do stuff on that. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised it's the Astros that were doing the beaning. Although, I guess because of fires, I don't know. Who didn't pitch in this series? And he's got to pitch. Somewhere, listen, they played 10 times. Somewhere along the line, he's got to face his former foes and our former mates there and, and figure out if he's going to get beamed or not going to get beamed. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, uh, Jason. Because uh, sooner or later, you know, someone's going to be plunking the Astros. And, and they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to drop their gloves and actually fight, fight. But, you know, hey, that's the price that you're going to have to pay for uh, doing what you did. I mean, it's funny yeah, how it all these people, it's funny how all these people. Yeah, well, listen, to Jason, we're, we got to go, but we're here. Uh, give me a buzz tomorrow. We're here Monday, 5 to 7, Monday through Friday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.